everybody. Welcome back to Valley Point Church. Will you help me welcome him? <laughs> it's, it's truly an honor to have you with us today. And honestly, this is one of my favorite Sundays where we just get the chance to talk because I know you have a deep love for God. It's so evident in how you interact with our church and the different trips that we have taken and with others as well. You have a deep love for Valley Point and for our people, which I'm certainly very grateful for. Whenever you are with us, we smile, often we laugh, occasionally we cry from what you share, but we always leave challenged because while we're doing what we do here as a faith community, doing what God has asked of us, you truly carry the heart of Valley Point into a faraway place. So describe your work for us, because I know not everyone here knows you. Tell us about your work. First of all, thank you for the warm welcome. And Eric, uh, thank you for your kindness and in inviting me back again. I want you to know that your pastor, Eric, one of the nicest people I know, just <laughs> nice, and in deep, yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of the kindest hearts of any person I've ever met in my whole life. And in these days, just being good and being nice goes a long way, mm. doesn't it? Uh, I am so glad to be here. Uh, Valley Point is one of the places left in my life that I would drop everything mm. just to get to come be here. And not, I don't feel any obligation, really, to come. I just have a, a, a really sincere and deep love and appreciation for this church. And I've made friends through the years, and I get to see those friends at least once a year. And then every year, every year, I, I meet new people, and we become friends. And so I am just glad to be. We've, we've been together for a long time. Yeah. Uh, in some of those pictures, in some of those pictures, uh, I still had hair. Did you notice that? <laughs> I had hair. We've been together for a quarter of a century. Mm. There is a connection that, with Valley Point that goes back to the very first year that we ever went to Russia. And we were there, and we didn't know what we were doing. And we were flailing and trying to keep our heads above water, and we were choking, and, and, uh, and you were there with us, and you didn't throw us away. And I will never forget it. Mm. Back when we didn't have anything, and we didn't know anybody, you were there with us, and you've been with us ever since. And I don't know how to tell you. I, I can't tell you how much I, I'm, I'm appreciated and I'm grateful to you. You are part of us. You, we are Valley Point Russia, as a matter of fact. That's who we are. That's what we're called there. So I'm grateful to you. Describe what we do. The question is, describe what we do. If I described or gave a, a mission statement of what we do, here's what it would look like. I would use the words of Paul. The Apostle Paul, you know him, or maybe some of you don't know who he is. He was the very first missionary that there ever was. And one day, he was sitting on a stage with some pastor who had curly hair, and they were... <laughs> They were, he asked the same question, and he said, describe your ministry. And Paul answered it like this in Romans chapter 15. He said this, it is my ambition to share the, the gospel where Christ is not known. Mm. 
That's his whole deal. What we do, we do lots of stuff, but the bottom line for everything we do is to get the chance to share the gospel where Christ is not known. If I could expand on that just a little bit, I'd say it like this. Our mission statement, to share the gospel where Christ is not known using every biblical and ethical means available to us and going through every door that could open to us in order to get that done. Now, if we use that template and we say, we're going to share the gospel, go through every door that's open to us, it keeps us in the box but lets us get out of the box as well. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, missionaries go to a, a field like Paul did and start a church here and start a church here and start a church here, and that's a good thing. And everything we do, we tie to the church. And we've started. We've been a part of five churches in our area. But when we went to Smolensk, we realized we were in a town of 350,000 people, a million people in our region. There are five universities there. Mm -hmm. So we, we said, there's an open door to reach university students. So we do that. We realized that those university students like to play ball. So we started a sports ministry and went through that door. We realized that there was... Now, those same young people, they wanted to speak English. Everybody in the world wants to speak English. What a tool that is yeah. to be able to reach people and funnel them into Bible studies so that they can hear the gospel. So we did that. We realized that around us, we were surrounded by people that are uh, addicted to alcohol and drugs. It is a, it's a horrendous problem in Russia like it is in a lot, a lot of places in the world. And we took a negative problem and turned it into a positive thing, and we could reach those people with the gospel. And you guys, you guys came to Russia and built a building. It was on the screen just a few minutes ago. Uh, you built a building that became our alcohol and drug rehabilitation center. Valley Point did that. And we use that open door. And so my point is this. We use every means available to us to share the gospel. That's what we do. That's the description of what we do. But the biggest thing on our plate that God has opened double doors for us is our work through 22 um, orphanages and children's homes uh, in our area. You do not know what that looks like here because we don't have that kind of network in America. But there is a network of, of, people, of, of children who have been orphaned, thrown away, abused. And it is a gold mine for those who want to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and his love for those people. So we are a multifaceted ministry. And I think you understand this. I, I wrote to Eric and said, I uh, was telling him about what COVID is doing in, in Russia. And as it seems like it's normaling out all over the world, in Russia right now, when I left two weeks ago to come home, it had, it had spiked. And right now in Russia, where we work, it's worse, the worst days of the pandemic since it began. Can you believe that? I, just when we're thinking, okay, everything's about to be over, it's, it's worse than ever. And Eric wrote to me and said, COVID continues to give us challenges and opportunities. Mm. And I think if we look at life through the lens of sharing the gospel, we can see opportunities even in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. Mm. So that's who we are. That's yeah. what we do. <laughs> that's the short answer. <laughs> Buddy is one of the missionaries that we support on a monthly basis here at Valley Point. And he's been part of our Christmas initiatives in the past as well and will be again this year. But Church, I want you to know, and I've got a little friend wasp flying right in my face. Yeah. So if somebody has an EpiPen, have it ready. 
we support Buddy on a monthly basis, and I want you to know that what you give to Valley Point matters. It matters because it empowers not only our ministry here to our surrounding areas, but it helps people like Buddy in Smolensk, Russia, and other outlying areas, and wherever God takes him, to also help people come into a loving relationship with Jesus. When I think about Romans chapter 15, verses 5 and 6, which are our church-wide life verses this year, may God help you live in complete harmony with each other as is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. Buddy, I think of you and our partnership and how God is making it possible for you to help people find and follow Jesus. Share with us how our partnership enables you to accomplish your work. Just talk more about that. I, th I think the word enable is a perfect word uh, because a simple definition of the word enable means to make able to do something. And that's what you do by your prayers, mm. by your encouragement, by your giving. He's right here. By your giving, <laughs> you make us able to do what we do. M maybe you would go if you were called, mm. but you're not. Not everybody's going to get called to go to Russia. Your pastor's not even going to get called to go to Russia, as far as I know. Uh, you, uh, you're not going to go. But the, the Bible mandate is for us to reach the uttermost parts of the world. Valley Point has a mandate from Jesus Christ that says, go to the uttermost parts of the world. And one of those uttermost parts is Russia. And since you're not going, you either go or you help somebody else go. And so you help me go. You enable me to go because I am called. I did volunteer one day to go. And since I'm going, you help me to go. Your, your theme for the year is better together. Mm -hmm. I would take that a step further and say it would be impossible if we didn't do that together. I, I found out early in my missionary life that most people don't understand how missionaries work. Where do missionaries come from? Is there a farm where you go and, and <laughs> pick them off of a missionary tree? Or, or what happens? Where do missionaries come? Well, they come from churches. And most people think, well, a missionary decides he'll go someplace where God wants them to share the gospel and he'll hook up with GoDaddy and fill out a, a, a resume and then that, that they'll hook him up with a mission organization. And that mission organization provides all the needs for that missionary and pays a salary. And if there's a need, that mission organization will meet. That's not how it works. Hmm. The, the Bible... Um, uh, template for how that works is that a guy gets called or he volunteers, however you want to look at that, and he goes to a place where God wants him to go, and then churches supply his needs. As God blesses you, the Bible principle is, I will bless you, bless the nations. That's right. That's what God wants us to do. And so you, you help me, and I go and try to do the best I can to do what you are doing here. I didn't make that up. That's a Bible thing. Remember Paul, Paul the, the apostle who was the first missionary? That's what he did. The church at Jerusalem and Antioch sent him out. And they said to him, go and tell people, like Jesus said, in places where we're not now. And he would go, and he started churches in Thessalonica and in Corinth and in Philippi. And he went to those churches, and he wrote to them letters and said, now I'm coming there. I'm fixing to come. 
uh, to, to your, to your uh, do you all know the word fixing? <laughs> I think I remember reading yeah, that in yeah. the Bible so, as well. <laughs> so I'm coming, I'm coming to, to y'all's place, take up a collection because I, I got to get to the next place. And he would go to that church and they would feed him and they would clothe him. They'd give him a place to stay. They'd protect him. They'd do everything he need. And then they would give him funds to help him get to the next place. That's how it worked. And that has grown over the years to the, to the place where you have me and you have, I think, nine missionaries. You do the same thing for, for them. You help us to go where you're not going. And, and strategically, we can get that done in a, in a, in a missionary uh, format to, to reach the world. That's God's plan. And you, your generosity, your ge- this is a good church. <laughs> this right here is a good church. Now, why, why wouldn't you want this same thing happening in all the rest of the play, uh, world? Mm. You, if you're not going to go do it yourself, self, the, best thing, the, biggest, the biggest thing that we have to do as a church <laughs> is reach the world. That's the biggest thing we do. Since you're not going to go, the biggest thing you can do then is to help other people to go, right? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Logical? Right. And so... Your generosity helps us, enables us, makes us able to share Christ where he is not known. Mm. But he gets a little excited every once in a while, which we love your passion, we do, yeah. (laughs) Last year we partnered with you for our Christmas initiative, and we're going to do that again this year. And next week I'll fully unpack all of that with our other partners and talk about the timeline and the goal and we'll have fun getting generous as a church. But you were part of this last year, and we gave funds to you. And I am always, it's shocking every year when we send money to you, the generosity of God's people, and then you report on, "Here's, here's what we accomplished. So I actually have a list of things, and you'll see some pictures even as I read this. So here's what Buddy was able to accomplish last year, and just keep in mind, we'll take it as far as we can. That's the goal. So they presented a Christmas program in 14 regions of Russia and the Ukraine. They supplied 208 tons of aid, including meds, vitamins, and COVID supplies, 14 tons of clothes, shoes, and cold weather supplies, new beds for three homes, three orphanages for kids, 7,000 food boxes, eight tractor-trailer loads of firewood firewood for a children's home and senior center, four train car loads of coal for the Ukraine, 500 Christmas boxes for cadets on the Russian-Ukrainian border, Christmas gifts for every child in all the children's homes and villages, and a new rescue and restoration ministry started with street workers in Moscow. I know that you have shared this, but encourage the church with how much you can do for Jesus with the generosity of God's people. As it relates to this Christmas initiative and your incredible, uh, it has been incredible to me every year Mm -hmm. as well, how much you do and and how uh, that is blessed. And we try to take what you give and stretch it as far as we can to reach as many people as we can. Our, our Christmas, New Year's, and you have to remember that in Russia, Christmas is not until New Year's. They don't celebrate like we do, but they do celebrate, but it's in, in January. So um, we started the very first 
Christmas, New Year's outreach with Valley Point 18 years ago. And since that moment, in fact, we would not have started if it hadn't been for you. It was your idea. So uh, we started together with you, and it has become the very biggest thing that we do every year. And the impact of what we do in the end of December and January affects everything else we do all year. It builds credibility for us as we're able to meet needs. It gives us, it builds relationships with people who actually, some of them don't want us to be there. There are strained relationships between our countries, if you haven't noticed in the last few years, between Russia, uh, not, not the people of Russia. If, if people of Russia just like you. There's good ones and there's bad ones. They're trying to work and, and be successful just like you are and raise their families. All the politics don't have anything to do with what we're doing on the ground. But, but there's some people who wouldn't like us to be there. But if we can be useful, if we can, if we can provide some needs, if we can heat some homes, mm. if we can feed some children, if we can give some medicines that will keep people healthy and some vitamins that will help children get through the cold days of winter and they're cold in Russia, then, then we'll make ourselves hopefully kind of valuable to the people. And I, I tell you, that's also a biblical principle. I was studying the life of Jesus in his last days just before he went to the cross. In Matthew num- uh, chapter number 26, they, they came to him in the Garden of Gethsemane and they arrested him. They, uh, Judas had betrayed him. They came to the garden. They took him. They put him on trial. They crucified him. But do you know that in, in Matthew 21, the Bible says this. They looked for a way to arrest him. Now, this is weeks and months before the garden of Gethsemane. They looked for a way to arrest him, but they were afraid. Why were they afraid? The Bible says because of the people. Mm. See, Jesus had gone into a place and he had fed people and he had healed people, and he had loved people. He'd gone into their homes and ate dinner with them, and he had taught them, and they loved him. And they did not all accept him as Messiah, did they? They didn't all receive him as the Savior of the world, but he was someone who was helpful to them. And they looked at Jesus and said, we don't want to lose this guy. And so when the people, the authorities, the Pharisees, and the Romans came to to arrest him, they said, we can't do this because people love us. That's kind of like what we want to do. Mm. We want to make ourselves valuable to the people to a point where they will say, we want them to stay. We'd we'd rather them stay. And if we can say, it's one thing to get a door open. It is another thing to keep it open. And when you help us, when your generosity comes our way and we're able to send firewood to, to heat uh, uh, orphanages and, and, and things like that, the people, those who would like to have us go, so we'll, we'll let you stay for another year. Right. <laughs> we'll let you stay for another year. Every mama, every mama wants their baby to, to have something to eat. And everybody wants to be healthy. And every child wants to be loved. Mm-hmm. And through your generosity and what we can do for them, they feel that. And it enables us to share the gospel. Talk a little bit about how you see this year's initiative being used in Russia. We, you went through that list of things we do, and we basically do those same things over and over again every year. 
we um, go into orphanages and Christmas is a, a time all over the world um, when people are open and they're more friendly. And especially at this time, we need people to be open and friendly. And, and they are more receptive. And so we can go in and we, we present kids with gifts. And we meet their needs because cold weather months of Russia. So we, we try to provide as many flu medicines as we can. And in these last couple of years, COVID uh, supplies for, for people that won't have them. Uh, we partnered with an orphanage down in Ukraine that was abandoned. There's 75 kids there. They're still abandoned. They're in the war zone of Donbass, uh, Ukraine. And they didn't have any heat. Didn't have any heat at all. And so w there's a small church that was working with that orphanage and, and we worked with them to put in some wood heaters in, those, in that orphanage. But they didn't have any wood. <laughs> they didn't have any coal to heat them. So every year after that we send truckloads and trainloads of coal and firewood down there. And we started a ministry last year to some of our kids, when they get out of the orphanages, they wind up on the streets in mm -hmm. Moscow and St. Petersburg in human trafficking. So we began a ministry to those young ladies, young men who get caught up in that. And we, we reach out to them during the Christmas season, and we do uh, Christmas for them. And just a wide variety of things. And again, here's the principle. We'll go as far as we can with what we get. If you... For instance, send us uh, a check for $100. We'd spend that $100 and go just as far as we could with $100. If you send us $100,000, we'd go as far as we could. And we spend it right away. If you come to me in March and say, well, you know, we've got to have some of that back. I'd have to look at it and say, I'm sorry, it's gone. Because <laughs> we spend it. We do it during the Christmas season. That's the biggest deal we do. And it helps us uh, to stay where we're at and do what we're doing for the rest of the year. Mm. Can you share a story or two just of how you see God working through people there in Russia? I want to share a couple of stories with you. One is a, a group story and one is an individual story. And I hope it will help you to, to connect and own what we do together. I want you to own it. I don't want to feel like I'm out there by myself. I want to feel like if something happened, I could call you and you'd come help me. And I think you would. The first story is this. About 15 years ago, a group of you came to, to Russia and we went to a, the poorest village in my region. There's a village called Kospli. And we had an idea years ago that we would build playgrounds for children. And we started that. You started that with us. We built the first one. We, we did seven of these. They look a little bit like this. Not all of them look exactly like this. Some of them are more elaborate. But this is what they look like. They're multicolored, and they stand out in a country that's gray. And so we started building these playgrounds. And we had an old house there in that village that we began to remodel, and we turned it into a church. And we started gathering a, a person here, a person there. Kids would come. They'd play on the playground. We'd fix that thing up so it was the best-looking thing in all the village. And it wasn't hard to do because everything else was ugly. So <laughs> we, it, it became a community center, and people would come, and a church was started mm -hmm. just like this church here. Now, we don't have, we, we don't have uh, stuff like you got. We, we, don't, we won't have 100 people in that village church. 
this past summer, we built this extra building. We, had, we built one building with you, and then this past summer, we was able to, to put uh, that one up. Now, it's not heated. Now, one of the things we'll do with our Christmas initiative, I didn't mention, we got to winterize that thing. So uh, some of that's going to go to getting that thing warm so people can get in it and we can use it in the winter. But anyway, my, my point is, we started baptizing people too, mm. just like you baptized. And I think I have a picture of a baptism. Was that, was that up there? Um, and we started baptizing, and a church was formed. And that church today, it, it ain't fancy. We don't, have a, we don't have a worship group like you did that was, did such a good job. Mm. We got one guy with one guitar, and he plays, he knows D, C, and G, and, and we, we play the same tune to every song, and nobody knows how to sing, and it sounds horrible to us, but I hope it sounds great to God. Yeah, that's right. And that's what we do. And it has become a church. And in that village where there is nothing else, it is the star attraction. And we've been able to see people come to Jesus. Not as many as we'd like to see. And we should probably do a lot better than we do. But some people have come to know the gospel. Mm. And then I want to tell you about a little girl. The first Christmas uh, outreach that we ever had, this little girl came to. And she would listen and she began coming to our Bible studies. I think she came because she wanted to get a Christmas present. I think she came for the first time because she wanted to get something that we had and we were interesting to her. And that's good. I, I don't care. I'd give them all Christmas gifts if they never came back again just because it's the right thing to do. And it's, it's, it's love and it shows love of God even if they never accept him. When she came and she grew up and she kept on coming to our Bible studies, but she grew up and she got away from us and she ended up in Moscow. And she ended up in the uh, streets of Moscow. And for 10 years, for 10 years, she, she gave herself away in that life. And then one day, she said, I remembered. She said, I remembered you guys. I remembered that y'all were nice. I remembered that you did stuff for us. And I remembered that you loved us and you showed us the love of God. And she said, when I wanted to come back, I found somebody that knew you. And she got in contact with us again. And she came back. And here's what she said. This is her testimony. She said, never in my life did I ever hear anybody say to me, I love you. Never heard anybody say, I love you. But I saw love when you came. And I saw love through what you guys did. And she said, I learned the love of God. And she did. And she became a Christ follower. Last year, I presented you a picture. I didn't get to tell the story, but I gave you a picture last year that she painted. And... Sherry, I've got one right there. Would you just hand it to me real quick? And she's become an artist. And what she has done, I'm going to, uh, I don't know if you can see this, but she's become a magnificent artist. Mm. And she said, I want to give my life and my talent to God because I don't know that anybody else in the world has ever loved me, but I know he does. 
that story can be repeated hundreds of times in kids' lives. And that's just one story. That's one story of what God has done, what God has done through your efforts and through your generosity and, and our fluttering, flailing efforts there. God somehow has seen fit to see some people come to know him. Mm. Buddy, would you be willing to share a verse or a passage of Scripture that has just been impacting you recently? Encourage us as a church. 2 Corinthians 5.14 says this. Paul said, the love of God drives us, compels mm -hmm. us. The love of Jesus compels us to do what we do. I would not have come here. I've shown you some photos and told you some stories that might have moved you. And I, and I, I bet if I put some inspirational music behind it, some of you might have even cried. <laughs> but it's not enough for us to be moved. It's mm -hmm. not enough for us to be to shed a sympathetic tear. Um, I have one more photo. Can I, real quick, I just want to show you this photo. I have one more Russian, Russian girl I want to show you. <laughs> she's Russian, but she's my granddaughter. Oh. <laughs> one, of my, one of my boys married a Russian girl, and that's, that's their daughter. Her name is Vera. Vera means faith in Russian. Vera, I, I love Vera. <laughs> I'd love to be around her. When I come home, I, I, I just, I, I just want to squeeze her, and I want to bite her nose off. It just is so <laughs> fun. I love her. Let me ask you something. You think I can get you to love her just by showing you a photo? Mm -hmm. Vera loves to go a place called Panera Bread. Do you have Panera Bread here? Yeah. I don't like Panera Bread. I do not like Panera Bread. There's nothing there that I like, nothing they serve me that I enjoy. I don't even like the atmosphere of Panera Bread. But she likes to go to Panera Bread. So when I, she's a big guy, she calls me Big Daddy. Uh, can, we, can we go to Panera Bread? I go to Panera Bread. Why? Because I love her. Mm -hmm. And I would do anything. I would do anything. Not because I love what she does or the places that she wants me to go. Because I love her. Now here's my point to you. I don't expect you to love Russian people tell you a secret. I don't even love Russian people enough to do what I do. Mm. I don't. You say, you're a bad guy. Well, I'm honest. <laughs> I'm yeah. honest. I don't love them enough. But I'll tell you what I did. When I, got, when I became a, uh, uh, um, a Christ follower, I fell in love with God. I so love him. I, I don't know how to explain it. I love him. A lot of things in my life I don't do well, but I really do love God. I don't, I'm not... I'm just telling you, my, my feelings in my heart, I love God. And I would, I would do anything for him. And that's what I'd like for you to do. Mm. I didn't come here to, to try to assign amounts for you to give to a Christmas initiative. That's not what this is all about. But I would like to encourage you to participate because you love God for what he's done for you. That's all. That's all. Mm. And then we can help Russian people because he loves them. He loves him like I love, I love Vera, but he loves people a lot more than I love Vera. And that's my point to you. The love of God should compel us. Our love for Christ should compel us and move us mm. to do what we do. Buddy, it's been so fun to have you encourage us and challenge us and even help us understand how our generosity is making really an eternal difference in Russia, and whenever we exchange emails, I love how you close. You say this, your friend and fellow servant, Buddy Thigpen, 
Valley Point, Russia. Yeah. And we're actually registered, or you are actually registered in Russia as Valley Point, Russia, which I think is so amazing. We love you and are grateful Thank to you. be a partner in the gospel with you in different places. And may the love of God compel us where we live, work, and play, and even with our generosity to help you and enable you to take that love of Christ and share it with as many people as possible. Will you help me thank, buddy? <laughs> thank you. <laughs> We're going to pray, and I'm, I'm going to ask Buddy just to pray in Russian, not that we can understand it, but I think God can. And so we'll trust that it's a great prayer. <laughs> we'll believe that to be true. He's going to pray in Russian, and then I will pray in English, and then after that we'll stand for our benediction. So let's pray together, buddy. Небесный Отец, мы благодарим Тебя за этот прекрасный день. И мы благодарим, что мы смогли бы быть с этим группом. Господь, мы просим Тебя, что мы были бы, как Ты хочешь, чтобы мы были. Мы просим Тебя, чтобы было бы дать нам любовь, как нам надо, как Ты любишь нас. И мы благодарим Тебя, что Ты дал нам Ваш Сын, и Он умер за нас. Но мы благодарим за Эрик и его сердце для людей. Мы, мы просим Тебя, что Ты будешь помогать этой церковь и наш работа вместе. Father, we know you understand all languages. And so these words being lifted up to you, Lord, hear our prayers. Hear our prayers. And we're thankful for our friend and fellow servant, a minister in the gospel, not here, but in another place, buddy. We're grateful for how you're using him and his family to be a bright light, a bright light in a place that desperately needs it, just like here. So continue to use him. And as we walk through this initiative in the weeks to come, God, just open our hearts to prepare now to maybe live off a little bit less so that we have something to share with your work in this place and in our communities and around the world. And as we talk more about this next week, just do a work in us and use us to empower people like Buddy and others to take the love of Christ into places that desperately need it. And God, we get the joy of being part of this through prayer, through encouragement, through giving, being generous. So again, use us to help the gospel, the beautiful news of Jesus and the depths of his love be known by many, by many. God, I thank you for this day and the opportunity we have had to gather, to sing, 
to say there's joy in the house of the Lord, to see people take the next step in their friendship with you through baptism, and to just hear about the magnificent things you're doing around the world. Help us to continue to open our hearts to being transformed into the image of Christ for the sake of others. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.